Well, it's my privilege this morning to, uh, to introduce an amazing speaker. Every time she speaks, she always brings a good word. And, 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 and again, Saturday morning's breakfast was amazing. You know, when Des brought out, uh, to not forget his benefits, he also brought out the reality of when we read the word, when we hear the word, to learn how to really receive it for yourself. Lord, you're talking to me this morning. When I'm not pushing this off to somebody else, I'm not going to let it go to somebody else. I'm going to take a hold of it because the Holy Spirit is your teacher this morning. If you open your spirit to the teacher, I guarantee you'll walk away from here full. Come on. Amen. Come on. It's, it's a revelation of God that comes to us. So let's welcome Patricia as she comes to share the word this morning. Awesome. Let me pray over her. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. Open your word to each one of us, God, today. Let us have ears to hear. Lord, and eyes to see what you're saying and what you want to say to us. We love you, God, with all of our heart. We love your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to share what the Lord put on my heart. Um, I wish I had a joke. I, Danny gave me a joke. I just couldn't say it. I, I, some things are just better for other people to say. And so why don't you just see you're laughing. There we go. That's good. So everybody just laugh like I just told a joke and you all feel better. <laughs> oh, you feel so much better. And if you need help, you can just kind of look at each other and say, wasn't that hilarious? Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, just smile at least. And then you'll feel like you had that levity. I just, I, I couldn't do it. It was just one of those that he could do, not me. And I ain't got time for that. So we're just going to move right along. Um, so I um, had the Lord speak to me while we were sitting listening to the series, and it was a great series. Hasn't it been a great series on relationships? It has. It's taught us how to uh, really go deeper and connect. And what the, what the Lord dropped in my mind and spirit as I was sitting listening was Jesus, friend of sinners. And I thought, wow, how does that fit in the great lineup of things? And I, um, I just want to go there because it's, um, for me, it's a, it's a focus on being um, a friend of God because that has been the theme, right? Being God's friend. And, and, and if you're really his friend, you understand what he's doing. And he says, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you a friend. And I'm going to tell you what's going on. Well, I think he's telling us what's going on. He's telling us, he's inviting us to be his partner with, with people that don't know him. And so I know we, we kind of shy away from that phrase, oh, sinners. You know, and it's because it sounds so judgmental. And um, I don't, we're not judgmental. It's just a recognition, right? Okay. So, that, um, so the main text for me this morning is out of, uh, it's on your notes. You got these. It's on your notes. It's right under friends. And it is uh, Luke 7:34. And so this is what I am going for uh, because the Holy Spirit has been stretching me. And I actually uh, started to shape uh, this, this perspective in a certain way. And then the Lord arrested me and said, no, no, I want you to uh, come from, from this perspective. I want you to see how I related to people. And so he's challenging me and has been challenging me on finding articulation and finding words to state my position. I think that as believers, I've been in the church since I was born. I've, I've been here all along. I've been in a church 
all along. And I find it easy to believe something and then not realize that when I say what I believe, people don't receive it the same way. They, they don't hear it the same way. And I think church overall has been, we had the little slam on us, right? That word judgmental, correct? So we need to find articulation for what we think and what we believe. Hey, Bridge, I guess you didn't get officially released. God bless you. It's going to be awesome. Jagger wants to talk to you. Get back there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we have to find articulation for... What we, what we believe. We have to find articulation to state it with life and relatability the way Jesus did. And so Jesus was a friend of sinners. He wants us to partner with him in that way. So where did that title come from? It came, first of all, from actually his enemies. The Pharisees are the one who said it. They meant it as an indictment. They meant it as a slam. They meant it as a put down. They were trying to taint his reputation. And it says the son of man, this is what they said to him. And then Jesus repeated it. And he said, yeah, that's what you said. I, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and a friend of sinners. Yep, that's what you say. In other words, the people that were slamming him were really kind of of what, what is termed a political spirit. He was guilty by association. That's what they were saying. You are guilty. You're just like them. That's who you hang with. That's who you are. And I think that sometimes we have tipped into that fear of how do we relate because we don't want to be guilty by association. Did we not see, I, I'm not slamming a political party when I say that, but during the presidential uh, State of the Union, didn't we see the political spirit? They stood for some things, they didn't stand for other things. They stood for some things, they didn't stand for other things. Even things that were probably good, they dared not stand because of that political spirit. They, they didn't stand for a, a little kid getting to go to a school. You know, they didn't stand for a little baby coming um, and having life uh, just because of a political spirit. And we don't want that. We're not of a political spirit. We're of the Holy Spirit. We're of kingdom spirit. He wants us to represent him no matter what and find common bond with those out there. Okay? So... This is, Jesus demonstrated really that he was a friend of sinners, and I just kind of want to go through this, and hopefully your heart is inspired the same way my heart is inspired and challenged to say, Holy Spirit, work in me. In my life, be lifted up. In my life, be glorified. In my life, use it for what you want it to be. So Jesus, let's, let's see how he actually was a friend to those who were in sin. He really was a friend to those. He talked with them. Sermons, et cetera, et cetera. He spent time. It wasn't just on a hillside at a distance with a microphone in his hand, and they were all out there, just a furry, buzzy, or blurry sea. He connected eyeball to eyeball. He walked with people. He was in, he was with them. He talked with them. Not just sermons, not just teaching, but he, he spoke. So in other words, that's, that's one lesson that we got to say to ourselves. I guess I have to speak up. I guess I have to say something. I guess I have to find words. Right? Yep. All right. Then he touched them. So he touched them. Um, on your notes, I, 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 just um, to let you know, I don't have everything on the slide. It's not there. It is, it is mostly here, though. 
So, and you're going to actually have to turn to whatever you use for your Bible, your phone, or your paper Bible. You're going to have to look at those while I read them, if you need verification that it really is the Word of God. If you want to see it, too, it's, most of them aren't going to be up there, just so you know. Okay. Okay. So, he touched them, okay? First of all, one of my, one of my uh, examples that I heard the Holy Spirit say is, is that prostitute that came and cried over his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The Pharisees just rose up and said, my goodness, if you were a man of God, you wouldn't let her touch you. She is a sinner. Well, obviously, he had ministered to this lady. She didn't come out of the blue. He must have ministered to her somewhere along the line. He must, she knew he was there. He, it wasn't just all word of knowledge and spontaneous revelation. He probably had a relationship with her. She probably knew it was okay to touch him. And she came and she ministered to him. That's one. The other one was when it came to the outcast or the unclean, the leper. It says in Matthew 8, 22 to 3, it says that a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus didn't stand at a distance and say, bless you. Be healed. He hugged him. He touched him. He hugged him. He touched him. And he said to him, you know, I, I touch you. I make you. I make you whole. And in some instances of it, he actually, he actually said, you know, he, he actually used personal, for the blind man, he used personal spit. Took some time and massaged it into the guy's eyes. He was close. He touched them. What's my point with this? My point is, is that he was close. He was in the mix. He was in the mix. Now, I recognize sometimes I just thoroughly believe that the Lord is going to equip us. I really do. I don't think he would talk to us like this. I don't think he would talk to me like this if he didn't intend on helping me with revelation of understanding, how can I get in the mix? How can I get in the mix? How can I get there? I homeschooled my kids. I was raised in church. And then I, I found myself, I don't, how in the world am I going to? I remember one of my children saying, I, I don't know anybody unsaved. I don't even know how to relate because I homeschooled them, you know. And so we started putting them in public school. We really did. Um, art classes and whatever. And, and um, their hearts came alive when they, oh, my goodness, I have something of value to give is what they thought. I have a treasure within that I can impart. That was what took place. It was very rich, really cool. So what's another point? Um, is that Jesus dined with those that didn't share his worldview now, don't think of this as just the story of Zacchaeus, okay? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and we flannel graph, and he's up in the tree, and he comes, or, or the book stories, you know, the painting that you see somewhere. Think, Jesus sat down and had a meal with people that didn't share his worldview. Oh, oh, oh. Can you do that? What would you talk about? Now, I know Jesus had the advantage. He was already with Zacchaeus. He, 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 was, he had notoriety, you know, and he was the one to be with. But still, he is our example. 
He is our example. I have to find articulation to state what I believe in and what I'm there for with that bridge of relationship. All right? And they indicted him for that, too. They said, wow, he went to go and be a guest of a sinner. He's eating with sinners. You know, really, if we stop and think about it, just, just let your mind rest on this, good church folks that you are. The 12 disciples were actually technically not saved when he started his relationship with them. They did not know he was the savior of their soul. He started relationship with them. He bridged into them. So really, we all kind of were um, in that place. Even me, at five years old, it says, as the Bible, that if I don't know the Lord in Romans 5.10, which is that reference down there. Let me see here. Put the glasses on, Patricia, so you can see what you wrote. Okay. Um, yeah. It's not on your notes. Romans 5.10. Romans 5.10. For since our friendship was with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. That's the New Living Translation. Our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while I was still an enemy of God. There's another verse in Colossians that says that if I don't have the light of the gospel in me, I'm actually anti. I'm hostile. I'm an enemy of Christ. That's the way it is. Until we get saved, until we encounter his life, until that happens, that's our position. And Jesus did that in the face of it, right? If I want to be part, now, I don't know if all of you have heard of the prophetic words that have been going around that there's going to be this great revival. In fact, the chiefs, when they won, it resurged when the chiefs won because someone had a word, a viable prophetic guy, had a word, Bob Jones is his name, had a word that when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, this is the launch of the chief revivalists, the chief apostles, the, the chief people to take front place, playing on the word, take front place, and there's going to be this massive sweep. Yep. Yeah. Woo. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. He wants to be part of the revival. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if I want to be part of what is really coming, if I want to be part of what is really coming, I have to start to get a pathway and a bridge of relationship to help that sweep of souls actually come into the kingdom. I've got to start creating that bridge and connection. I can't stay in one place and just launch, um, launch missiles of prayer out. I, I love prayer. You know I love prayer. I'm all about prayer. I'm all about intercession, and that is so important, but I can't just stay there. But I need to know how to personally build a bridge of relationship. That's what we got to do. So... While Jesus was building bridges, I think this is a really important thing to just look at the kind of friendships that he had. Because some of our wheels are going, yeah, well, how? Uh, we don't want to tip into this. We don't want to tip into that. Well, that's true. True. We don't want to tip into something that is not healthy. So let's just take a couple of looks at all of us. Anybody who doesn't have a, I'll, let me finish one whole sentence here. 
I am stumbling across. I do what other people do when I'm listening to them. Finish a sentence for crying out loud. I started three of them. Did you notice? Yeah. I'm going to finish a sentence. Those of you who work outside the home have relationships that with people with an opposite worldview, right? Those of you that your neighborhoods, you live next to somebody that probably has a different worldview, right? So we have the opportunity to do that. We have it. We just need to be aware and be intentional. Jesus was intentional. He's our model. We're going to do it. And these are some of the lessons that he said about his, okay? So Jesus friendships. This is your fill in the blank because Danny said you love to fill in blanks. So here you go. You get a few. He was redemptive in his relationships. He was redemptive in his relationships. Jesus' purpose in being a friend of those that had the opposite worldview, of those that weren't yet under his, um, didn't accept him completely. His point wasn't to join with any kind of sin in their lives, but, but it was to save them from it. First Timothy 1.15, which is the reference there, it actually says that, I testify that the word is true and deserves to be received by all. Jesus came into the world to bring sinners back to life. Even me. Even me. That's right. So then Jesus didn't relate to, his friendships weren't based in this. Jesus didn't relate to others and find um, relevance. You know how that is? You know, oh, I want to be relevant to my culture. I, I want to be on the same page. I want to understand where they are. I, we absolutely have to. We really do. We have to know, um, well, I, we have to know how other people think. I am not for abortion. I'm not. I'm not for, just say it out there, I'm not pro-choice because I am not for killing babies. What do I say? I am for life. I am for the welfare of both, right? I am, I am for that. And so I want to promote what I am, what I am for. So to understand who they are and what they think, how they arrived at that conclusion, I need to talk. I need to understand, read some books, um, dialogue, know how, how, What's behind all that? Now, I know we can have our understanding and we, our suspicion that there's this big machination behind it. There's, it's huge and it's this thing propelling. I understand, but now you have a real person with you that has a real opinion. How do you arrive at that? You know, to be able to articulate. Part of my fear has been, I don't know what to say. What if their argument is strong and they walk away feeling like they're affirmed, you know? Well... Holy Spirit's going to help us. That's what, that's what it is. Read things. Understand. Go to meetings. Find out what's, what's clicking in there. What, what's the core issues, really? What's, what's the bottom line for you right here? Not the whole movement. You. What's, what's your issue? I think it's good to understand that. Okay, so um, that was, um, I don't know where I was. 
He was redemptive. Jesus didn't relate to others by joining in any kind of sin. That's the other one. He didn't join in any sin. He didn't have anything compromising about him. But in the place, he demonstrated the goodness and generosity of his father. He, quote unquote, let his light shine, right? He let his light shine he, by what he said, by what he taught. Um, it wasn't just his influence in the room, but he spoke up. We're going to have to speak up. And it's by what he did. We're going to have to do something. We love to talk and learn about the supernatural and about miracles and about words of life and words of hope and words of um, knowledge, prophetic words for people. We like to learn about that, and we like to grow it in ourselves. And in the hub of commonality here between me and you, it's good to go into there and practice it. But I really hear the Holy Spirit saying, I want, to be, I want you to be where I am, and I am in the mix. I want you where I am, and where I am is out in the mix. Get bolstered up here and get in the mix. That means that I got to risk things, and I got to find ways of standing back up. Should it be that they don't get healed on the spot in Walmart? I have to figure out what do I say if... My word of, of knowledge for them was wrong. <laughs> now, oh, rats, it didn't work. Now what do I do? <laughs> Back to Sean Bull's podcast. I got to read, I got to read. No, you got to, wh what do I do? You know, but he wants us out there in the mix with him by what I do as well as what I say, and he, Jesus, modeled miracles. It was part of the, the miracles and the supernatural aspect of Jesus was what gave him entrance into people's lives. That is the model. That is it. And I got to, you got to, he's calling you to, not just me. Not, he's calling you to figure out how to do that. He's calling you to figure out how, what is your stance on healing? Does he heal all the time? Is he good? Does he want to heal everybody? Does he want to save everybody? Does he think good of people? Can he find the treasure in somebody that has this radical upside down worldview in your estimation? In your estimation? Ah, can he? Does he? Does he want to use you to say it? You've got to wrestle with those things. He's calling not just me. He's saying, see, I, like, I love to, uh, to, to say something that I've got the full fruit package of. And I can say, hey, this is how it's done. This is what I've done. It's successful. And here it is. Follow this. Bam, bam, bam. You two take this tool. Here you go. Here's a tool. And that's not what today's message is. Today's message is Holy Spirit's putting his thumb on me. And he said, I want to put my thumb on them. That's what it is. He's saying, you figure it out, Patricia, and come to me, and I want all y'all to do the same thing. I think that's where we are. If we want to be part of that massive sweep, we've got to be the ones ready. 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 Because people, when they come in, don't, they don't instantly see the way you see. They're not instantly all patched up in the kingdom, it's a process. And you can't relegate it off to, well, can't someone mentor them before they come? You know, and I talked with them at dinner, you know. But 
No, we've got to be the ones. I think we have to be the ones. I think the Lord is saying, double up your efforts. Double up your efforts. Matter of fact, wow, just double up your efforts and I'll double up your congregation. Double up. Get going. Okay. So that was, um, he did not um, join in the sin. Um, then the other part was that um, Jesus was humble. That's the other, uh, flip your page. Jesus was humble in that he didn't use his authority or his position to promote himself or gain approval. Philippians 2, Philippians 2, verse 2 to 3. Actually, you could read Philippians 2, all of it. Just, just go ahead and meditate on it. And how did Jesus act? This kind of really shows, Philippians 2 shows me what his motivation was. Why he did what he did, how he did what he did. Not just in his godness, but in his son of man, in his relatability that, that we can do as well. Jesus humbled himself and got on the cross. And in John 15, he says, you know, if you're really my friends, you'll lay down your life too. That does not mean that I get on a cross and die for your sins. What that means is that I put my life secondary. I give it all, like the song was saying, in my life. I give it all to you. I give it to you. I give it to you. It's your life. I give it to you, and I want to serve for the benefit of someone else. So anyway, Jesus was humble. Philippians 2, 2 to 3. I'm going to look this up here. Okay. It says, make my joy complete by being like-minded as Jesus be like-minded, like Jesus, having the same love as Jesus, being united in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility, consider others more important than yourself. He reached out then. This is what he did. He reached out in this humility to come to connect and create a way to bridge lost people back to himself. We need to see Everybody we meet, whether they're in the kingdom or not, every human being on the planet is his lost son and daughter if they don't know him, or they're his son and daughter if they do know him. One way or another, they're his son and daughter. He created them. And we need to have that as the eyes on. And I think when that comes on our eyes, that articulation might come a little easier. We could be stirred with compassion a little bit more and empathy a little bit more for how they got where they got or how they are the way they are rather than, well, you're not like me, so I can't really relate to you. That's pretty sad. It is. Yeah. So he reached out. He came to connect. Jesus, who was very God of God, humbled himself and became a servant. And that's the other point. We need to really serve when it comes to other people. Taking on human flesh, he could sympathize. We need to be able to sympathize. Philippians 2's lesson is that his motivation was a humble bridge of connection. So much so that he just gave of himself. And they said, let the same mind be in you. So are your relationships... Um, redemptive are they redemptive are you using them for that are you using them for being redemptive and showing his goodness 
You know, the Bible says that he served us this way. He served people to elevate their lives. That's, that's the reason why he served. He, he brought them to make it better. When I know somebody, am I helping to bring God's goodness to them to make their life better? Or am I saying, am I, saying I want you to agree with me <laughs> so we can have fellowship? Are we trying to convince people? Or is the motivation a little bit different, a little bit tilted this way, which is a little bit nicer? I want to, I, I have a solution for that. Man, God doesn't want you to stay in that. I, he's good to you. He's a good God, and he has answers for that. Let's pray. If they don't know God, who cares? You do. You know, he's, they're there lost. Let's ask for answers. Let's ask for answers. Right then, right there. That's, he, he wants to bless and elevate people's lives. He operated with the mindset. This is a key, key, key. This is the one I think is a big deal. He operated with a mindset. Oh, wait a minute. Did I miss a blank? Did I miss a blank? Okay. Jesus. Let's go back. Let's go back. Say it louder. Build a bridge. His motivation was to build a bridge. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another one. He served to elevate the lives of others. His motivation was to bring life. That was the other one. He served to elevate the lives of others. He operated with mindset. This is the last one, right before our culture. He operated with this mindset. Other people are valuable. Valuable. They're valuable. They are worth my time and attention. They are worth my effort to understand where you are. If we could all just kind of take a lesson from what would a missionary do if they didn't know the language and they were going to some country but they didn't know the culture and they didn't know the language. Well, that's what the approach has to be with somebody who has an opposite worldview. What would a missionary do? Well, they'd probably learn and listen and figure out and ways of connect and what the bottom line issue is and what are you really dealing with. He saw people behind all that stuff. He saw behind the... Some people operate in a mask, you know, so they, he saw behind behavior, you know. I, I got to admit, you know, sometimes it's, it's frightening to say, well, they're so loud, they're so loud and they're so obnoxious. What the bottom line is, is that I would be concerned that my reputation wouldn't be as glorious. I wouldn't be as uh, articulate. I wouldn't be as polished. Maybe I'd be concerned that they don't like me, you know. I know that that's a big deal. Sometimes I want to keep going with this relationship. I want to have a commonality here. I want them to like me so that they can be received. Uh, you know, our motivation really has to be for their benefit, not for my benefit. Our culture needs to know what we stand for, not what we stand against. Our culture needs to know what we stand for, not what we're against. If I say nothing then they will impose on me whatever uh, rhetoric was given to them about Christians. 
they'll just superimpose it right on me. You know, I came into this church as a pastor's wife, and you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's been in church for more than 10 years has an opinion about what that role should be. And they superimposed it on me. They superimposed on me what they think, or maybe they were hurt by someone, a pastor's wife, and, and it, that gets superimposed. I've seen it several times. It was layered on me as though I did it. I didn't do it. I just stand here. I, I just stand here. It wasn't me. So if we say nothing to the contrary, whatever hurt or idea that was dropped in their heads about who we are as a uh, Christian will get superimposed on you. And it's up to you to partner with the Holy Spirit to break that bubble. No, I'm a real person. I love to laugh too. I, you know, the, one of the, the chief's thing was earn the, oh, I'm going to forget the motto. Maybe you can help me. Earn the right to party or something. Fight for the right to party. There we go. Earn the right to party. Fight for the right to party. <laughs> Butched it. Yeah. Anyway, so um, how do you party? Ah, I can party this way. And it is refreshing. And I don't have regret. And I connect. And I'm real. And we laugh. And it's this is, this is fun, and I'm not defrauding anybody here in this. We have to have a relatability in this. Jesus demonstrated that he was for. What do I stand for? So I have to find articulation for what am I for. I'm for goodness, right? Jesus demonstrated that he was for God's heart of justice and restoration. He restored people. So in my issues genre, someone has this issue, someone has that issue, and now we're in a, we're in a political uh, uh, season, and all the issues, and the partisan lines, and the, and the political spirit is rampant right about now, and it's up to us to bridge the gap, to bridge the gap for your friends, for your associates, for your ones that don't see eye to eye with you. You need to get into the Lord's heart and space. How can I bring your justice and restoration? How can I state and say something that, that models that that is what I'm for, just like how what, that's what you're for? Jesus demonstrated that he stood for the true spirit and nature of kingdom commands. In other words, he confronted religious spirits, too. I know your, your rules are like this and like that, but I'm saying this is the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is he wanted this daughter who was bowed low for 30-whatever years to be whole, whether it was the Sabbath day or not. That's what he wanted, the true heart and nature. So not to dumb it down. I don't want you to dumb it down. I want you to just stick to the core. Stick to the core. That's what I think he's saying is stick to the core. And let's not be so, um, so rigid on the fact that i got to say the whole thing of what I all, I all believe. You know? Let, let's stick to, the, stick to the core. If I was with somebody that had a, a different gender identity, you know, what are the core issues that I can stick to with them without giving my whole shooting match? all at one time. That's not friendly and that's not a bridge. That's kind of like a little bomb or a barrier. I want to, without compromising, I want to build a bridge. Without compromising, I want to have compassion. 
Okay. Yes, Jesus demonstrated, too, that he was for goodness and generosity of his father. He gave it away all the time. All the time, didn't he? It was not just a little bit of bread, tons of bread. Not just a little bit of uh, um, wine at the wedding feast, tons of wine at the wedding feast. He just, he, he's generous. He's generous. He's good. He was constantly giving away. I want my heart, as a friend of God, I want my heart to match that. So John 15 says, okay, it is good. We're doing good. John 15 says, this is my commandment. If you love one another, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Key verse, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So I want to keep repeating that phrase. You are my friends if. You are my friends if. You are my friends if, Jesus is saying, if you do what I tell you and love the people around you. You are my friends if you have a love that connects. In marriage council, um, there is a, a great um, guy that we were listening to is that love always reaches out and connects. If the connection is broken between me and somebody I love, Someone in my life, what does love do? It puts down all of my, oh, I don't want to apologize because then they're going to think they're all right. No, you put that down and you connect. Let's connect first and now we'll deal with the issue. So you are my friends if you have a love that connects. You are my friends if you have a love that reaches out. You are my friends if you can build a bridge of relationship to span the divide and the distance between us. Bring people to the Lord. You are my friends if you see the value of people. Keep in mind, remember, he, he was with people that had a different worldview than him. That's what we're in, a different worldview. Jesus says, that he valued them. And if and that Philippians verse, I don't know if you've ever wrestled with that or not. It's like, wow, if I, if I consider their needs as more important than my own, then when are they going to consider the needs of when mine is more important than their own? And, I, you know, that it gets kind of like, you know, as, as kids, we, were, we always joked around, or they joked around, you know, the what would Jesus do? You know, well, Jesus would let me go first. And so you should do what Jesus would do. <laughs> you should do what Jesus would do. And let me go first. And, and we have to apply the scripture here of, uh, of knowing that they are valuable. Other people are valuable. And when they are valuable, it doesn't mean that I'm not valuable. It doesn't mean that they're, it's a political spirit to say, you're valuable, therefore you're all right. You know, all of, all, I condone everything. That's not. That's not what it is. And that's part of the junk that has been kind of lingering around. I think it's the enemy of our soul trying to pepper our mind to keep us from connecting because of that, that, that barrage and that cloudiness uh, that hits our head and fogs our head up of knowing how to connect. It's like, well, if I, if, 
what? I don't want to be guilty by association. I don't want to say it's okay and, and me to be friendly if they think it's okay. And then it goes down this, no, that's, that's being judged, judgmental before the time. It's, 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 being, it's, it's a political spirit, and we got to have that lifted off of us. We do. We have, to, we have to have that lifted off of us. I know if I have that spinning around somewhere and it all wrestles through my head, I know I don't think more thoughts than, than you. I know there are some personalities that think four times faster than I do. It drives me crazy. But, and I know. So if my thoughts are going there, I know those thoughts bombard your minds. All right. I want us to close. So could you guys come? Yeah. Um, Jesus came for every person that says, you are my friends if, like me, it says Jesus came for every person, every tough case. You are my friends if you see the tough case and you know that you're there to bring the outcast and the tough case in. The tough cases aren't left for the preacher man. The tough cases aren't left for the, the professionals. The tough cases are in your life. They're with me. They're in my life. And I need, I need to find prayer, empathy, and bridges. I need to find logic. Not that I'm going to win a logic war, but I do need to settle myself so I know really who I am, what I really do believe, so that I recognize crooked when it comes. You know? And I'm I'm okay. Part of Jesus' generosity is he didn't go around and say, I am the son of God. I know I'm the son of God. I am right. He didn't broadcast that all the time. He just kind of let people spin and come bit by bit to the revelation. And I think that's okay, too. We can take our time. He was patient. Now, I know he only ministered for three years, but he was on the planet for 30. He was patient in his building of bridges. You are my friends. As we show his goodness, demonstrate his goodness. Keep in mind, it's not just words, but you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to pray with people. You're going to have to say, my God heals. Let's believe for healing. My God restores. My God gives, gives good gifts. He lifts you out, you know? Are you hearing me? Let's let this sink into our heart, and we're going to go back into that really good song, In My Life Be Lifted High, again, as a, as a closing dedication prayer. But before we do, I want you to just settle it right where you are, okay? So settle it with you and the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we come to you, and I thank you for this word that you rocked me with, that you, that you put on me, Jesus. You were a friend of sinners, that you built relationship, redemptive relationships. We have to ask ourselves, you know, if I have relationships with other people, are they being redemptive? If I have relationships with other people, do I have different motives other than redemption? If it's true, Lord, expose it to me. If all my relationships are just whirling around other believers and people with like-mindedness, God, would you open our minds and eyes? Would you open it up and let me see the value of a neighbor and the value of a coworker and the value of someone that's just fallen apart and I didn't know? Even somebody who's loud and obnoxious, a face like stone or a voice that's brash 
Lord, I, you're not intimidated by that. You're not intimidated by that. So we just rely and push on your goodness that you have calling us out. You're calling us out to do this. You're calling us out to bring your goodness in the face of opposition, of opposite worldview. There's people there that you love and that are coming to you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Taylor and fit this message to each person right where they are. We love you, we love you, we love you. I love your guidance, I love your teaching, I love your counsel, I love the way you minister to me on the inside, I love how you wake me up, I like how you give to me just a spot thought, just random from somewhere, and it's fun and it's exciting to follow the treasure of your words and your encounter with us, and I pray that that's what each person will just settle in. Holy Spirit, you're a good teacher, you're a good counselor, I'm not afraid. You wouldn't send me out without giving me what I need. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen.